Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. What's going on, everybody? It's Doctor Homebrew. We are back for another show full of information. And this one is a real doozy. <laughs> this is one that I've been looking forward to for too long, probably, and to still consider you know, myself in the, I don't know, the drinking subculture. I don't know what's going on. Um, we are going to be talking non-alcoholic homebrewing. How to do it at home. I love non-alcoholic beers. I would love to be able... Okay. I love the concept of non-alcoholic beers, and I would love to be able to have them at my house, um, you know, without having to mail order them. And uh, on today's show, we're going to get help with that from uh, someone called Jamil Zanishef. Jamil, welcome to Dr. Homebrew, young man. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad you were able to uh, to come on the show. So you have a couple of the uh, non-alcoholic beers that we're going to be talking about today, but mm-hmm. you are the sort of guy to guide us through um how to how to do this at home okay a little bit yes yeah is that okay did i know i didn't ask you before inviting you on so i guess now is the time just to make sure you know that information is that true (laughs) no that's that's absolutely fine (laughs) okay great perfect uh before we do that of course i want to thank our sponsor five star chemicals you go to fivestarchemicals.com immediately if not sooner and learn about the best ways to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment which is of course by using PBW and Star Sand and all the other products that uh, Five Star makes. They have um, you know gloves you can buy and aprons and all sorts of safety equipment as well on top of the chemicals that uh, we all know and love. And if your local shop does not carry Five Star chemicals, please demand them to pull your pants down and waggle your wiener back and forth. And no, don't do that. Um, but ask very nicely. You know, be like, hey, look, I've heard a lot about Five Star. I haven't tried it yet. You guys don't carry it. I want to support you. Can you please get some in? I'm sure they will do that. And everyone will be happy. Your uh, home brewing equipment will be cleaner and sanitizier. That's a word. And uh, your beer will be better, too. That's how it works. With me, of course, is Brian and Brian. What's Hi, going on, Brian? Hi, and I'm Brian, too. <laughs> we had a lot of uh, meeting up, meeting of the Brian's today or this week, uh, you know, exchanging beers and stuff for like the, later on this show and the next show. And Alice is like, who's that at the door? I'm like, oh, it's it's my friend Brian giving me beer. And then the other day, who's that? At the, it's Brian. It doesn't look yeah. like Brian. Well, see, Brian's yeah. come in many different shapes and sizes. And so, yeah, some are more handsome and uh, uh, intelligent than others. Yeah, and, uh, and some are no, called Brian uh, Cooper. About who, who is who, but you got to come to my house, JP, and encounter like all of our 4,000 animals. That's true. Yeah, I, my, my knees got licked. I felt like I was back in high school. <laughs> that's that's just me. Yeah. yeah well, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty nice. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm excited, boys. I'm excited to talk uh, non-alcoholic beer. So, Jamil, what's up with non-alcoholic beers? Have you made a non-alcoholic beer yourself? 
I have. Um, and we, we did some tests uh, with it at, at Heretic and, and tried a few different things. Um, it's it's a, an interesting concept. Um, you know, for me, I uh, I like like low alcohol British beers. Yeah, that's why you and I hug favorite. and kiss frequently. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, some of the non-alcoholic ones. Once you get to non-alcoholic, it's kind of like. So, what exactly is the the purpose of this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. For know, for me, it's the fla- it's flavor. You know, yeah. if I'm trying to back off, you know, as I get older, you know, I'm trying to exercise more and. Uh, drink less, and uh, that non-alcoholic beer sort of quenches that 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 psychological need for you right. know fizzy right. and malt. Uh, well, and you know, so there's you know a few basic ways of making non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. Um, one is um, they they have uh, you know you're familiar with reverse osmosis where right. there's a membrane. And you push the water against it and the clean water comes out one side or the pure water comes out one side and the concentrated minerals and everything are just get washed across the other side. Mm -hmm. Well, you can do the same thing with alcohol. So you take beer and you run it across the membrane under high pressure and it pushes the alcohol through the membrane and you get pure alcohol out that side. And then the, uh, the, the other beer, the beer without the alcohol now just gets pushed along the, the process and you, you can separate out hmm. the alcohol from the beer. Here's and the, then, dumb, here's a dumb question. Is it the same membrane, like reverse osmosis, water, like a water system? No, okay. no, it's a, a, a specialized membrane. Oh, yeah. It'll separate it out. Nice. Um, and so you can, you can take, um, uh, the, the beer that comes out and you can add water back into it. And there's machines that'll do it all in one continuous stream. Hmm. Um, uh, and you can, they'll, uh, you can reconstitute it back to whatever, you know, water value you want. And then you can take the alcohol and you can use that for making a, a seltzer or something like that. So that's what one of the popular things are. A machine uh, that we were looking at at uh, at Heretic was something I think around like ninety to a hundred grand for a, a fairly basic one. Wow, that's a lot of uh, money, right? This um, is not something the homebrewers are going to have at their disposal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. So, well, you know, that's an interesting point because. Like I've known about this process for making uh, seltzers or what they used to call wine coolers or any number of those beverages. And a lot of them were just essentially beer that right. all the flavor got filtered out of. But if you think about that, just the inverse of that, right? You're mm-hmm. filter, you're de-alcoholizing and you're filtering out the alcohol and keeping mm-hmm. the beer. Or as you were just saying, you can use the alcohol for one thing and use the beer the flavor part for something else, namely like a non-alcoholic beer. Exactly. You end up with two product streams that you can use. Um, you did distiller's license to do that. I wonder <laughs> it's uh, no. not distilling. So yeah, it no. shouldn't be. You, you can't use the alcohol to um, add to other beers that you make, but you can use it to make a seltzer because a seltzer is not TTB regulated a, uh, or at least a, uh, you don't have to file a formula or anything like that. It's a, it's a FDA regulation on the seltzer because there's no, really, there's no hops in it. Or you can make Zemo oh. with it. That would be cool. Right. 
right. whatever well, flavors in that. So I don't know. making non-alcoholic beer, you can take that alcohol and then make another alcoholic product with that yes. remains. Correct. That's wild can, to me. That, that's less regulated yeah. than beer. Yes. Well, I mean, in a sense. Well, yeah, it's different set of regulations. That's true. F, F, I'm not sure if you'd call dealing with the FDA less regulated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to work in medical device land, and yeah, that's not always the easiest thing to deal with. Mm. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll, you know, um, the TTB tends to check everything ahead of time, and then mm-hmm. follow up with you again. Uh, whereas the FDA tends to go like, well, hey. We wrote the regulations. You guys should be following them. And then when they find out you didn't, at some point, somebody complains or somebody dies or something, then they're like, hey, uh, now you're in trouble. Yeah. Okay. It's a, a slightly different way of uh, working it. It's very hands off. We should just turn this into the regulations show because that's just so fascinating <laughs> to talk about. Like, go deep into the regulations of beer making. Uh, you know all about them inside and out by now, I'm sure, Jamil. You know, um, uh, the second way mm-hmm. that you might do it is uh, to essentially uh, distill it, right? Which uh, you you vaporize the uh, the alcohol. So uh, under pressure and at a relatively lower at, at a lower temperature than the boiling point of uh, of alcohol, uh, because or under not under pressure but under vacuum. Uh, you put it under a vacuum and then you apply a bit of heat and then the alcohol vaporizes. You remove the alcohol that way. The, the drawback uh, to that one is uh, you're applying heat to the beer and uh, you, you know, the more heat you apply, the, the more rapidly stale the beer will go over time and uh, you get some heat staling. So I have tasted beers from that process and they have uh, other equipment that, um, is I think even vastly more expensive than, than the, the membrane filter, but <laughs> it doesn't uh, require replacement membranes. It, it's, you know, capable of, you know, larger throughputs, things like that. Um, and I've tasted beers from that and they, they tasted pretty good too. Um, the third method that uh, is out and about right now is, there are companies, um, for example, um, um, uh, Munns is making uh, a non-alcoholic extract. So they make an extract what? that tastes like a finished beer, and you you add that to water, and then you can dry hop it. You can um, one of the things that we did, we uh, they sent us a, a fair amount of this, and we we messed around with it. Um, you know, you boil, you boil some water with some hops, get yourself some bittering, mm-hmm. you know, you do, do a number of these things. And then, um, uh, one of the tips that they had for that was to add back a little bit of beer, actual fermented beer, uh, to take you up to the 0.5% because, uh, that gives you some of that fermentation character that's otherwise oh, lacking. Interesting. Okay. And I think that that's probably the easiest for homebrewers to do would be something similar to that. Um, the one of the thoughts that we had was, well, you know, how are 
how are they making this extract? Right. Uh, you know, obviously they probably have a lot more uh, malt technology and malt extract technology than I'll ever have or understand. Sure. But one of the thoughts I had was, well, you know, perhaps you take some, um, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, grains that are more dextrin grains. Uh, you know, you take, a, you know, a, a cure of pills or something that, you know, does not ferment that much. Uh, give it a high mash temperature and then, uh, you know, ferment that and see if you can get it to ferment less than, you know, the half percent. And, uh, you know, I, I know homebrewers have probably tried that before. I don't know. Uh, that's one thing I haven't tried, mm. but uh, I imagine you could, you know, take yourself some, you know, dextrin malts uh, or maybe even maltodextrin, some uh, you know, some crystal malts, things like that. Um, and then ferment them and if needed, you know, water it back down a little bit, uh, to get yourself uh, below a half percent. Trying to make as flavorful a beer as you can with as little fermentables in it, basically <laughs> just keep it super low gravity to start and get down right. just a little bit. So you still have that fermentation. Yeah. That's an in- interesting approach. And, um, one of the things about making homebrewed uh, non-alcoholic beer is, or any anybody making non-alcoholic beer is, and the more flavor you have in there, the less alcohol you need to make it seem like beer, you know, or the more yeah. the more sins it covers up. So hoppier beers, uh, you know, roastier beers, um, all tend to do well, I think. Yeah, and I've I've had a you know a fair amount I think of these beers and the it is hard because i've the first ones i've had were roastier beers because i I thought the same i'm like okay like a puts porter is going to be you know whatever Mm -hmm. and it ends up coming out at least the the early ones that i had were very wort very worthy like unfermented right wort Mm -hmm. and i don't know what i don't know where that comes from maybe it's uh maybe it's a little bit of uh you know applying the heat like you said maybe distilling it and sort of driving it off or you know i don't know i mean depending on how how big these machines are. And like you said, they're $90,000, $100,000 or more. I can't imagine a, a craft brewery being able to, you know, justify doing that. Um, That's weird. You know, craft brewing, brewing in general is a very capital intensive you know, mm-hmm. business. Yeah. You need to, you know, spend you know, a lot of money <laughs> in order to have the, you know, have the gear you need to, to, oh, to okay. run. So, okay. uh, you know, it's something that can be justified. I think the the company that's doing the membranes, they have a program where, you know, set, set up your bill. They'll, they'll actually put the thing in for you. They won't cost you anything. And then when you run it, you have to pay them per batch that you run and then they're also going to rent it out to other people uh, that wow. can come to your brewery and run it, you know, or wow. you run it for them. Uh, and uh, so uh, that's, that's one of the ways to to knock the price down, I, I guess. I kind of like that. I mean, for people who have a lot of space, you know, maybe mm-hmm. at like Heretic or, uh, you know, uh, 21st Amendment or whatever, because they have more space than the moon. That would be kind of interesting. That's a that's an interesting right. program. That's a pretty smart way to cut the cost for the brewer. Yeah, well, you I know, like they're it. trying to they're trying to break into those markets, and you know, you know, for brewers, you have to essentially show them how it's going to improve their 
improve their beer, which you know, it's non-alcoholic beer. So I guess if you're really into non-alcoholics and then yeah. you also, um, you know, you need to justify the cost. Yeah. The problem with non-alcoholic beer is, uh, you know, people expect it to be cheaper because it doesn't have alcohol in it. <laughs> but that's true. I'm yeah, one of those people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's not, and in fact, it's, it's the same or maybe sometimes a little bit more because you right. do have well, that extra step, right? Yeah. Cause you're having to brew beer and then yeah. you're, you're having to run it through, you know, additional process. Um, I guess with, you know, the, the system that splits it into two streams, product streams, um, you get to sell twice as much. You could sell, you know, again, a seltzer and you could sell a non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's true. I, w- I was just thinking about going to one of these breweries, where, wherever it is, and uh, and trying it pre, you know, alcohol removal. I think that'd be nice, like side by side comparison. Mm-hmm. How oh, yeah. how do you have you heard of any uh, enzymes or anything like that? I thought there was like some enzymes out there as well for for people to really be able to sort of enzymatically control fermentation. Do you know about I, that? Or am I making that up? I might, I might be just totally inventing that. I haven't heard of that. I know there's some, some low alcohol yeast strains you can use and, and right. even, even some mm. GMO ones that will just not attenuate certain sugars. You know, uh, they just won't ferment maltose forever. You know, they, they're just engineered not to do it. But then and it tastes wordy. Then it tastes wordy. Yeah. It's probably what I've been drinking, but it still ferments. So yeah. Um, yeah. How, how do you how do you tackle recipe formulation for something like that? I mean, if you know we're doing it on the homebrew level, like you said, you know we're we're not going to be doing the the machines. We're probably going to be sort of massaging our recipes. But I think we're all used to making beers that have you know that are full flavor. So h- how do you approach? Or I guess what I'm trying to say is, what's missing from a non-alcoholic beer that you that you make at at home, and how do you counter that? Does that make sense? You know, what's missing is the alcohol. <laughs> okay, well, listen, smartass. <laughs> I mean, like flavor-wise, right? Like, is there is there a right. component where we have to go? Okay, well, there's not a whole lot of base malt in here, or yeah. hardly any, so we have to add more. D- I, I, I think a big part of it is, um, you know, the fermentation character because fermentation is a huge part of beer, mm-hmm. and um, when you know, through some of these processes, maybe a different yeast or, you know, an enzymatic way of doing it, or, um, you know, uh, the, the, uh, non-alcoholic worts or malt extracts, things like that. Um, you know, there's no fermentation or, you know, it's not really, you know, true, correct fermentation. Um, so you end up, uh, missing that kind of that, you know, ester profile or, you know, there's, there's, you know, in lagers, there's some sulfur and some other compounds and and esters as well. So, um, you know, you need to, you need to, you know, find some, you know, solution for that. That's why the, the membrane thing works really well. Hmm. Um, the interesting thing for me is, you know, a lot of the original, one of the reasons people don't like non-alcoholic beers, I think, is because originally the only thing they wanted to make non-alcoholic was, you know, uh, a a light pilsner of some kind or a light, light lager. Yeah, right. Because, well, that's the biggest market. And so we'll just do that. 
And so it just didn't taste very good uh, until I, I think Heineken's, uh, you know, new product is, is actually pretty good. Heineken double zero. We are yeah. big fans. On I just had one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think, uh, you know, that, that really has helped. And, and there's, you know, some IPAs and stuff on the market that I think also uh, taste pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, now that they've, I think there's new technology and there's new, you know, uh, ideas about beer flavors that people want. Um, you know, I think it's, it's come a long ways. Okay. Well, let's crack some of these beers that we have. Um, I did, I did bring you some non-alcoholic beers. The first one I want to talk about is the, uh, the black butte Porter. We've been teasing this on the show for, I don't know, like a month now. Uh, black butte Porter, by the way, from Deschutes uh, is now in alcohol, non-alcoholic form. So we each have a can of non-alcoholic and a bottle of alcoholic full, full leaded or whatever. And I'm curious to, to, to get your guys' take on it. I've had both of them side by side a couple weeks ago. I don't want to, you know, dilute the judge pool or whatever, uh, whatever people accuse Anchors. me of doing. Yeah, I don't want to taint you. Um, but I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts. And I, I would also would love to be on like a design feedback panel of like comparing these two in, in development, right? Cause I would love to just to know how, how they tweak this to get it to taste like the Porter. You know what I mean? It, like, what do they do in the beginning to make it come out tasting the way it does? And I would love to taste that beer too. Basically I should just own an alcoholic brewery. I think. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting because on the top of the can it says non-alcoholic malt brew. Are they not calling it beer for a reason? Malt brew. I never noticed that before, and I can't read the. Uh, everything is uh, blurry on the can. There are so. some restrictions on what you can say. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's clearly got to be some kind of, uh, as Jamil was saying earlier, some kind of TTB or FDA uh, regulation for what you can call it. I don't think that all NAs say that. It might just be a right. it might just be a marketing I it's, thing. It's, I think it's just theirs, but it's just theirs. There, yeah. are, there are things, uh, regulations on what you can what you can say. Okay. So, what do you guys think about this? Does it taste like Deschutes Black Butte Porter? Which, admittedly, I'm not really the biggest fan of, but I know everyone loves it. But it just I can't. It's too fruity. It's it's close, in a sense. I'm not getting the fruitiness, and I'm getting it maybe thinner in body. Yeah. than I'm used to a Black Butte Porter having. Uh, but, you know, it's it's decent. I, I don't think it's as close as the Guinness uh, Zero Zero no, definitely uh, is not. to Guinness, which, damn, I we once you turned me on to that, JP, a couple of shows ago, <laughs> I, I, I love that stuff. I can't get enough of that. Yeah, it's good but stuff, this man. Is, if that's, like, close within, like, 10%, this is maybe close within maybe 25%, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Yeah, Guinness is pretty thin though to start with, so I think True. that that kind of gives it an advantage. Four uh, percent, yeah, yeah. And the the way that I describe the Guinness Zero is like it sort of tastes like terribly treated Guinness, like a little heat damaged Guinness already. You know, Guinness Guinness can go from perfect to just terrible in like you know five degrees in a day on the shelf. It's just it's very for me it's very volatile the way we get it all the way out here. So, um, 
Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's what so it sort of in the like NA version of the Black Butte. I'm getting a little more of a kind of a raw malt flavor, like a you know, like fresh crushed grains as opposed to like grains that have been through a fermentation process as, you, as much. You know that that smell when you walk into the malt room. Yeah, that's what that's the smell that I get out of the can. It is it. Thank you for putting that that way. It is that bright malt, almost malt dusty. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's oxidized or anything, but you get almost some of that character too maybe but it's um um i don't know i I think i think that this is one that's probably run through a membrane why do you say that i don't get any raw malt i get i I think that i think that the can is fresher than the bottle the bottle's a little little stale well you probably well i think that um maybe what it is is what's missing though not the process just that Mm -hmm. the with the alcohol sweetness missing you get more of that dusty malt character. Yeah, Actually, yeah, that, the, that I think I think you're right. Yeah. The, the bottle yeah. is packaged on one eighteen twenty two, and then the can says oh one oh five twenty two. I think that's a can on it. So I think that they're basically within the, like what a week or two of each other. Very close. Yeah, I have the same can and bottle here from you. So yeah, it's all yeah. the same. No, the the bottle doesn't taste. Like a fresh black butte to me. Uh, pr- probably not. Admittedly, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Well, and look, you know, I got these from Total Wine. They're not the best taking carers ofers of beer at all. Um, so it's been if in I'm my garage. A, yeah. a black butte will usually be from draft at a good brew mm-hmm. pub that I know. And yeah, okay, they have that. Yeah, I'll take a pint of that. Yeah, it's sort of pokey um, yeah. and, and not really smooth. But, I mean, for me, the main yeah. difference, it, I don't think these taste alike at all. I think it's almost a misnomer that it's a Black Butte non-alcoholic because there is no, I mean, the mouthfeel is so absent. It's so thin and watery. It's very. Well, because the alcohol yeah. has been replaced with water. Right. And, and it's so, a stronger beer than Heineken or Guinness to do that, too. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's an excellent okay. point, Jamil, and that probably explains why a lot of these uh, NA beers end up coming across as watery and a little thin, mm-hmm. even though ethanol, I mean, it's not like it's the heaviest mm. molecule in the world, but it does have certain ways that it coats your tongue or your mouth or it gives you a perception that's different and a little more substantial than water, even though the grand scheme of things, you know, if you were to set it down with, you know, measure the weight by volume and everything else is probably not that much different from water like mm-hmm. a molecular weight type standpoint is the perception is a lot different. Yeah. The, the it's size of the molecules or whatever. It yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you get it, you get it more in your mouth than you do uh, with, with just water. The black butte is only a five and five and a half percent or two. So it's not like we're going to making a, a Belgian quad NA or something, right. you know, but it's a little bit stronger than the others. So that's, that's maybe a bigger noticeable difference, but it could just be a recipe thing too, or a process thing. It's, I don't really know what, what they do with it. But yeah, you're, I, you're probably right. It might be the membrane thing. They can definitely yeah. afford that up there. And they make uh, a you know, great product. It's, it seems to me... Um, although I get some staling out of the, the black, the non-alcoholic one too. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, get it, making an NA beer, it seems like you, it would be more prone to oxygen oxygenation because you're doing more to it in general than just a regular beer. You're having to go back and, and remove alcohol. 
And, right, right. You know, he, yeah. whether you're heating it or not, it's still going to be more processing and more mm-hmm. handling and more moving the beer. Yeah, um, I wonder if, you know, how much of that staling is just inherent within the process. Yeah. Sure. So I think I do get a little sense yeah. of a little oxidation or something in there that it's not detracting horribly, but, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a nice flavor, flavorful beer. I really like that. It's, it's bold. And it, it, if you tasted this 10 years ago, when all there was, was, you know, Klaus Holler and, and O'Doul's, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, this is wow. This is non-alcoholic, but now there's so many other choices. I'm, I'm, I'm getting picky about it. It's like, Oh I, yeah, I like that. Guinness. <laughs> I like that Heineken. And right. yep. I, you know, I don't mind the Lagunitas and AIPA. That's a good drinkable. It's not their IPA or, you know, it's it's IPA like enough that I can enjoy drinking one if I don't want to have alcohol right. that time. Have you had their hop water? Yeah, I love. I live off that stuff. I know you like that. Yeah, I love it I so much. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, over ice. Over yeah. ice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I want like to try hops, that. So I haven't had that that much. I need to try that one again. It's been a long time. <laughs> I, like I finally had that hoppy refresher you gave me like two months ago uh-huh, yeah. that I don't know why I just let it sit in my fridge for a while. That, that's really damn good. That's what we're talking about. It's great stuff. I've been, I've yeah, been I really was out like doing yard work and stuff in my backyard Love Saturday it. and, you know, cutting branches off of trees and shit, you know, all manly and whatever. <laughs> and I was really tired and hot afterwards. And I had that hoppy refresher and man, that was really good. Dude. I've been really into uh, the day pack series of like hop waters from athletic and, uh, but they're flavored. Cool. It's like mango mango. Nice. It's like a light man. It's almost like a seltzer, but with hops, I don't know what it is about the earthy. It's like those earthy, it's almost citrusy notes of what some of the hops they use with that mango flavoring and just suck them down all day. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. He can, can I step back to uh, yes. recipe formulation on this just a little of bit? Too? I got can. a couple of things I wanted to mention. When you're making a non-alcoholic beer, if you're doing a, pr- a process at home to remove the alcohol, you're going to want to consider how much more flavorful that beer is going to be. If it's you know concentrated, it's going to be more bitter per unit of volume it's going to have more maltiness per unit of volume so there might be things you want to back off mm-hmm. um if you're doing the method where you want to you know just do a, a very little fermentation you want to just push up the dextrins and things that the yeast can't ferment uh so things like that you can play with i you know and try to dial that in um one other thing i wanted to mention and we, we did a homebrew presentation jamil you did a great job covering the, the ways commercially they do it um, we talked about trying to do it on a homebrew scale and they mentioned all those commercial ways. Uh, but really the easiest way you can do, if you want to make an NA beer at home yeah. is to boil off the alcohol, you know, it boils at 173 point something degrees. Um, you, you can, if you have a precise oven and a good thermometer, you can set it to and a big enough vat to put the beer you want to remove the alcohol from, and you don't care about losing it. Um, you can put it in your oven at 180 degrees until you're you're satisfied that all the alcohol has been um, driven off. And I'd be I'd be careful about that. It's pretty abusive to the beer, probably. But well, no, I'd I'd avoid <laughs> trapping alcohol vapor in an oven. Yeah, hmm. um, that, that does sound a little dangerous. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah, I'd do it more like on a stove top or something like that. On a stove. Well, and it's it's a... the same thing as the commercial yeah. thing. You you know, if you could apply a little bit of vacuum to it, you can drop your your temperature substantially yeah. well you can get a nice uh sous vide wand for you know less uh, you know less than 50 bucks probably these days so um you know keep it at a at, at that temperature for that you know however amount of time you need to get it yeah i was thinking that out. but, but you're good just ventilation but it's, just do that it's churning the beer underneath it, that's how it moves the, so i wonder if you put it in a bag 
and then a big sous vide bat. I mean, you could really get technical with it if you wanted to. Right. Yeah, I that's interesting. I'll look at some enzyme, see if we can nail that. If I was just making it up about enzymes or not, and if they're available on the homebrew on the homebrew scale, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. There's got to be there's got to be some way to sort of enzymatically block fermentation without making it overly sweet. I don't know. Yeah. Right, but then, but then, I mean, then why not just not ferment it? I see. Yeah. Uh, I thought you meant to enzymatically convert the alcohol into something else, something else. but yeah. it's going to turn into acetaldehyde or okay. something really nasty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Great, right. thanks. Yeah. It's um, green apple green skin brewer. They sell uh, on eBay, they sell uh, vacuum chamber uh, vessels along with the pump. I think the vacuum chamber, good size ones, like five gallon or so. Is it a Swedish with, vacuum pump? With a lid and with, with the vacuum pump, the whole thing is like hundred bucks or whatever. We we oh. used it for can testing and stuff. That's not bad. Um I imagine you could use one of those, put your beer in it, turn on the vacuum pump, and then gently start raising the temperature and draw off the vacuum, and you wouldn't have to get the, the temperature quite so high. Okay. That sounds cool. That might be one way to do it. Yeah, that sounds great. Put it on a you know electric uh, you know maybe hot plate or something that you can yeah. control the temperature. Yeah, oh. that'd be cool. Well, if anyone out there tries it, let me know. And uh, if it blows up, don't sue us. Um, right. <laughs> one last thing I wanted to, to mention is uh, the other can I gave you was from Athletic. I know I'm like simping for Athletic Brewing lately, but uh, it was it's a dry stout, uh, a dry Irish stout. I think it's one of the better non-alcoholic beers that I've had. And I wanted to get your guys' take on it, too. I mean, you know, a dry Irish stout is sort of hard to make it's the, well, I think. And then a, a non-alcoholic version is uh, is probably harder. Um, and uh, I, I like it. It's now like my favorite beer from <laughs> from them. Um, but I want to see what you guys think about it. Give that a good, okay. uh, yeah, I just a good slug. That. Yeah, I'm getting an interesting kind of uh, a little almost cannabis like note in the nose i don't oh, know shit. like mm-hmm. a, a weird skunkiness to it right huh like but yeah, like uh too. resiny yeah that's interesting i gave you i gave Jamil my last one is right on the money cannabis yeah <laughs> Damn, now i Hello, wish i had one i, I had a neighbor again. you know uh yeah uh-huh your neighbor sure yeah and it's like <clears throat> it's like somebody you know lighten up because there's a burnt note to it as well yeah, yeah, it smells like like bong water almost. Yeah. Wow, or an ashtray after a heavy night of. Uh... I haven't taken a sip of it yet, so that like this is probably hopefully one of those cases where the flavor is a little different than the uh, aroma. But yeah, no, thank you, Jamil. hundred percent spot on. I think. <laughs> Man, it's not a bad aroma. I actually kind of in, I enjoy the aroma of cannabis. So yeah, but a like burnt, that. like the sm- the smelling the end of a dube. It's like a Medi beer. It's like, uh, yeah. All right. My, my buddy Roberto makes some uh, Medi beers sometimes. He sure does. Know, Roberto. That is for sure. Roberto. You know, it's um, interesting. It, to me, it's got a little bit of a, uh, almost a rubbery aroma like brown malt. And brown, brown hmm. malt to me is a very distinctive sort of almost tire rubber type of aroma. Uh, but it's not overwhelming. It's just something that's kind of there. Um, it's definitely, 
you know, it definitely tastes like beer. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It tastes the, it, probably the closest. I don't know the closest, but it's one of those beers where it tastes it tastes like beer, man. And I think that's if if you can make a non-alcoholic beer and confuse it with beer, I think you're I think that you're perfect. I think that's great. Yeah, I don't know what tricks you would use to substitute for the flavor of alcohol, which you know. I don't know either. <laughs> I gotta know. Yeah, they won't. They won't talk about it. No. Yeah. They won't. I asked them point blank. They're like, we can't tell you. But it's got a crispness to it. Um, it's. I would it's consider really... this well attenuated. I wouldn't think of this as watery. This is closer to a beer than that. Uh, uh, the Black Butte non-alcoholic that we just had, in, in my opinion. I agree. It's very dry. Well, there's also something to be said for low alcohol beers. Now, I just mixed the Black yep. Butte non-alcoholic half and half with the Black <laughs> I did, Butte. I did too. And Wait, it's actually, Cooper, you mixed you mixed beers? Tell me. I think it yeah, isn't so. I, I never do this, but it's actually more enjoyable than either one. I think it's got the blend is better than the sum of its parts. I don't know. Is that, Maybe is I'll run into athletic, my kitchen in a second and do that. Does the athletic just have some hops in it that were the coming across? Is kind of maybe dank and cannabisy i think a lot of their a lot of their beers are sort of earthy hops and i wonder if that is is by choice because it sort of brings the 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 general hoppy beer vibe through to you know i mean these beers i don't think really are for like hardcore craft beer nerds like us you know what i mean yeah, they do a good job of making a wide variety of beers. They um, do an excellent job. And I, I I promise one day I'll stop doing free commercials for them. Um, <laughs> if you like a certain but, style of beer that is not produced often and you, you can only get it by going to craft brew, you know, breweries, well, now you can have an NA version of it. Yeah. That's not half bad. Um, Brendan in the chat oh. asks, how does one prevent wart spoilers and other pathogens on a limited fermentation on a very low uh, OG brew? Well, very careful, uh, you know, process control, you know, it's got a cleaning, sanitizing, and you just need to be very, very, uh, very careful. You, if your pH is low enough, then you're, that protects you somewhat against pathogens. You can put a lot of hops in it. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. That's going to help a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so <clears throat> since uh, JP generously uh, provide me one of the cans of Guinness. I cracked that open too, since you guys have all had it. Yeah. Very much like grape Kool-Aid. That's a grape Kool-Aid <laughs> character. Oh, shit. Huh. I'm going to go get mine. I have one more can left. I'm going to go get it at the break. I, I, grape Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, because as good as the non-alcoholic Guinness tastes, it's not perfect. You can't have one no. and <laughs> confuse it with a normal one. But if you have a normal one, maybe two, and you grab one of these, you'll never know. I think if I was out drinking something else all night and yeah. then somebody poured one of those for me and said, hey, got you a Guinness, yeah. I'd probably just drink it and not think anything. You'd right. never notice. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And I sort of well, think your palate that, is blown. Might as well drink any. Right? Yeah. And I yeah, sort of think hammered, that, you know, this is yeah. why I could see these fitting into my non-alcoholic beers fitting into my like sort of drinking rotation. It's like because it's sort of like a night saver. If you want to have a night, like the other night, uh, it was Greek Easter, by the way, Christos Anesti for my fellow Orthodox. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, we had shots of Uzo. I had like three or four beers with my nephew. They left. I had another beer. 
and I had another beer and I, that was the mistake. It's that mistake beer. But if I thought about it beforehand, I would have had one of these Johns and not felt so miserable the next day. Absolutely just fucking destroyed. You got to know that that point. Yeah. And I do. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't drink that much anymore. Let's go. And uh, that's wrong. That <laughs> We should have stopped. And we, <laughs> we didn't. You're lightweight. You're a cheap date these days, buddy. I am, dude, for sure. I'm, well, I mean, you know, five shots of Uzo doesn't necessarily help matters <laughs> the next morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, look, man, uh, Jamil, thanks a lot for, for the knowledge. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming in and tasting some of these non-alcoholic beers. You're going to stay with us for the next, uh, for the next segment, right? We actually have a homebrew sure. for God's sakes, and we have an American brown ale to judge, and you're going to, uh, uh, go over your judging notes with the boys. We're going to talk to Jason. Jason is the brewer. And so we're going to get him in here and, uh, come right back. So hang on everybody. Don't go anywhere. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, back to the examination. Hey, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We are joined by Jason. This is uh, about as close to a Council of the Jasons as I think we're going to get. Normally, Council of the Bryans happens when there's three Bryans. Three Bryans. But two Jasons, I think, equals three Bryans. Right, Jason? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, we can make... You know what, Jason, I think we should do is make Jamil an honorary Jason for the show. <laughs> He's got the right first letter. He's got so. the right first letter. There's an A in there, too, somewhere. I think it's yeah. good. Uh, All right. Yeah. Welcome, Jason J- Zanishev, J- to the show. Yeah. JK, JZ, and JP in the house. That's right. The Council of J's. Yeah, I love it. It's good, man. Uh, what did you send us, Jason? Uh, so it's an American Brown. All right. Um... Have you done this before? Welcome, first first time? Are you first time brown guy? Wait, so, that's not right. Last time I brewed this was it's twenty maybe two or three three years ago for I sent it into the uh Oregon State Fair, got second place overall in the uh brown and um amber super category that they put together. Oh, nice. Congrats, man. That sounds so, sounds like a big category. You're you're one of those uh, competitive homebrewing guys, eh? Um, yeah, not not quite as active in the. I live very rural, so it's extremely expensive to send stuff off to competitions, yeah. and not as much as some of those other guys. So yeah, we yeah. interviewed some of those guys that run that page, and it's a fun you know it's always a fun discussion on there. And they were super nerdy and fun to talk to. I loved it. Yeah, so this is a little bit different than what I. This beer is a little bit different than what I sent into the. Uh, Sent into the state fair. I made some adjustments based off the judges' comments. Pretty much, never, never listen to judges. <laughs> well, they yeah, both well, said sure. it was. They both said it was too hoppy, so I figured I'd drop the hop profile some. And an American brown that's too hoppy. 
Yeah, I don't and know. in uh, Portland, Oregon. So yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, someone from that part saying wow. it's too hoppy. It's got to be too hoppy. So. Oh my God, they probably imported someone from Washington to state that. I don't know why is a <laughs> slam on Washington. Um, okay, well, look, Brian Shar, why don't you start us off, dude, and uh, and, huh. and tell Jason um, your thoughts on his American Brown Ale, please. I certainly will. Uh, thanks, Jason, for sharing. You're welcome. And before oh. we get started, are you in a homebrew club? Uh, if you look at the uh, AHA website and check out homebrew clubs, I am, but I'm the only member in the homebrew club. <laughs> did you start off as a one person club or did you drive everyone else out or what? Um, no, I started off as a one person club trying to, I've done a couple of like events to try to get people to join and stuff. But I said, like, I live in a town of 800 people there. Yeah. The County yeah. I live in is about the size of Northern Ireland with a total population of 7,000. Oh man. What, what state are you in? Are you in Pennsylvania? I'm in Oregon. Oregon? I see you have a Penn State shirt, <laughs> so I, I guessed that. Now, yeah, Oregon has got to be challenging in some places, like you're saying, low population yeah. density, but there's also got to be like a lot of clubs in Oregon already. Uh, there's a, well, it depends. Like, if you go east of Hood River, there's nothing. Hmm. Right. Well, you, you just wanted I, to be able to. There's not nothing. There's you. Well, yeah. <laughs> you wanted to be able nothing. to. Yeah, enter with a club name, as you know. So you've got an official club. You could enter as your club name, and you know, okay. maybe, maybe someday your your club will win the uh, you know homebrew club of the year. You never. That's know. right. All right, Brian Shar, why don't you go ahead and tell Jason <laughs> your thoughts? I so we almost beard. had one of our seven thousand cats just knock over the American Brown uh, uh, there, so it was very fortunate. You, know, you probably just saw me. Anyone watching on video is probably like, "What should the ah?" And like the sudden. That was actually, we only have four cats and it's probably our <sighs> most sedate one just about knocked all my shit over and would have knocked it over out right of my phone and my laptop. So Damn, that hey, awesome. uh, that's great. <laughs> but, all right. So uh, this is uh, American Brown uh, turning to the aroma. It's sort of a medium chocolate, um, medium raisin. Uh, I got kind of a medium phenol that was both a sort of a smoky and, and a plastic uh, low hop aroma. What I got was kind of a, a floral, uh, floral aroma. The, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what I think it might be in, in the flavors. It's a little pronounced in the flavor, uh, six out of 12 for aroma appearance, uh, medium to dark Brown in color there. Uh, uh, this is settled, but there was a large head and it is, as you can tell, uh, there you go. Uh, somewhat persistent, uh, clear with a, a slight haze. So three out of three for appearance. Uh, flavor, you know, at first the flavor I got was brown malt. Uh, and I'll be curious if you used brown malt, you can tell us later on. Uh, I'm really sensitive to that because 10 plus years ago, I made a mild with brown malt essentially as a base malt. And mm. it came out extremely phenolic, extremely almost like a tire rubber character to it. And that's almost kind of overwhelming to me in, in this beer, in, in the flavor. Uh, it, it's sort of a smoky, you know, sort of a, a, at least partly phenolic, but really just kind of this, what to me is the flavor of brown malt is just almost overwhelming. 
to the exclusion of everything else. I, I don't really get any any hop flavor. If I kind of strain, I can imagine there's some in mid palate. Uh, it's well attenuated uh, and kind of kind of one dimensional with just that that brown malt. So I, I gave that six out of twenty for flavor. Uh, body uh, body is medium. Carbonation is medium. Uh, not creamy uh, or warming. You know, I probably should give you a point back here because I get some astringency from kind of the the phenol, but it really you, you're not supposed to double ding people for that. It's uh, the phenol is a flavor and not a mouthfeel. So I'll, I'll give you a five for the the mouthfeel. Uh, overall impression was five for a total of uh, of twenty four. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing this, uh, and this may just be a personal sensitivity to brown malt and experiences that I've had. But to me, it just tastes like, uh, you know, and I don't want to make an assumption, but what I, what I, what I would suspect is that you, you brewed this all grain that you used a very high percentage of brown malt. And that's, that stuff to me just tends to throw a really high amount of that rubber and somewhat phenolic character uh, when it's used more than sparingly, kind of like uh, like special B or something like that. It's a it's a very strong and powerful malt, and I I feel like maybe it just got got overused here. There's nothing that you've done that I think is bad from a, a technical or process standpoint. You know, I'm not getting uh, you know the only off flavors that I'm getting are ones I associate with that malt. I'm not getting uh, you know weird esters or uh, you know, sourness or anything that would indicate to me a bad process. To me, I suspect this is simply a, uh, a recipe issue. And that's much, that's much easier to fix than a, than, than a process issue. But yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing. And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to come across like I'm crapping all over your, your beer oh, no. here. Uh, but uh, that's, uh, that was, that was my, my opinion. So uh, thank you, Brian. Cooper. I will preface this by saying that I, I have not been uh, traumatized, uh, nor have I had any life-altering uh, aversions form due to brewing a beer with brown malt. I, I don't think I've ever used brown malt. So just putting that out there to start. Um, uh, bottle had a nice hiss upon opening. Uh, we're judging as a 19C uh, 2015 guidelines. I, I suppose we should go to the, the 2021 guidelines at some point soon. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, nice hiss on opening, a good bottle fill, um, you know, clean bottle. I'm getting a pretty rich chocolatey aroma up front, also kind of a strong nuttiness to it. Um, there's some notes of dark caramel low. There's a, a kind of a low, somewhat resiny hop note in there, but it's, it's really far behind the malt, super uh, subdued. Um, there's not a lot of fruity esters jumping out here. They're pretty low. Um, there's some a little, little bit of a uh, little bit of alcohol uh, noticeable in there. I didn't get any DMS or diacetyl, but we were real big process faults there. Um, that seemed like a decent balance between the malt and hops, but the malt malt wins there. Color wise, it's a nice medium light brown, fairly clear. Uh, just a bit of haze detected if you look at the the sizes. It's a little bit light. It's almost, you know, it, 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 it's in the range though. It's definitely not out for color, but it's a little on this orangey brown kind of end of the spectrum, orangey light brown kind of 
um, has a well-formed tan-colored head that, uh, you know, started kind of medium, mostly finer bubbles, and it just it stuck around quite well. Um, good, good head retention. Flavor-wise, so yeah, there's this a dark chocolate aspect to it. I get, I get kind of what you're saying, Brian, like a, 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 a light phenolic kind of note there too. I just think that there's, yeah, there's some dark bread, some faint coffee. Um, what I got maybe as what you're getting is a, this medium high bitterness, like a, a, a rich kind of bitter edge from the malt that I, that I thought was poking out a little too strongly, uh, gives it kind of a rough edge to it. Um, it does seem that, mostly... that's a fair characterization. And when you say that, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's not at all inconsistent with how I was maybe not as, as colorfully describing that. Come on. Yeah. Man. It's, it's similar to a phenolic or an astringent kind of thing. Cause I did get some astringency when we get to mouthfeel. Um, but I think it's a malt derived to me. I'm fairly sensitive to phenolics. And if there's a big spicy or medicinal phenolic, I might not, I'm not getting the same level of, of any kind of rubbery or, or plasticky notes that you might've been getting, but just that kind of harsh malt derived roughness, the hops themselves are low. The hop bitterness seems low, uh, just a light resiny citrusy note in there, uh, provides a little bit of balance to it. Uh, it's just, it's quite dry in the finish. It, it gives the impression of kind of a, a, harsh like baker's chocolate kind of thing like mm. not the kind of chocolate I, I eat dark chocolate every day <laughs> one square every morning you know wow for, damn dude good for your good for your heart sure but, uh, that's, you know, that's medicinal chocolate from the medicinal chocolate dispensary <laughs> I, yeah yeah the no, cross i have is... that with my coffee and it just works really nicely for me it's my morning thing and yeah, the cross is but, brown um, yeah instead of green um you know, otherwise the beer, it seems <laughs> that that should that needed that deserved more love than it, it Thanks, got. Man. It's my welcome to my life. Sorry. Sure, I, I, I it's all right. No, go ahead. You did great, Cooper. Keep going. You did great. The um, I love you. The ales, you know, the fermentation profile seems fairly clean to me. Uh, there's a moderate smooth alcohol noted, but overall the the flavor could be smoother. Um, and the mouthfeel, I get a, a drying but not super astringent character. There's a little bit of astringency and it's just like this roughness from the malt. I'll attribute it to it's, it's probably the dominant aspect in the mouthfeel. The beer is not, not really creamy or smooth at all. It's just, it's also not, not too harsh or biting. It's just a bit has a bit of an attack kind of, hmm. and kind of medium body, medium CO2, but just being really dry in the finish and then just, just biting with everything that's there. And that, that little attack on the mouthfeel too might be also like, it seems pretty well carbonated might be a little higher than medium. It might be medium high. Um, that's kind of pushing a lot of, you know, bite and uh, you know, the flavors kind of aren't playing well with, with that, that mouthfeel to me. So I guess I would kind of disagree with Brian. I think the, the mouthfeel is part of the problem here too. I wouldn't give it a five there, but we'll, we'll get the gloves on later. Um, <laughs> overall, the beer goes down fairly nicely and has a good number of the desired elements of an American Brown ale. Um, I feel a, a touch more aroma hop would give a better balance uh, along with a hint more sweetness to, to play off the rich chocolatey qualities that are there. Um, you know, nice job keeping the, the fermentation clean and uh, fairly well cared for there. Um, I would just work to reduce that st slight astringency, you know, avoid um, over sparging or, or steeping into, you know, 
high pH, too hot, too, you know, uh, too low gravity kind of a situation where you're going to extract harshness from the grains. Um, but you know, I'd keep, keep brewing this. I, I landed at a, I'll give it an even 30. I, I, I think it's, that puts it into the very low end of very good, generally within the style parameters, but some minor flaws. I don't think the flaws are, are earth shattering to me that they're, they're, there's a little astringency. There might be a, that, the flavors that are, that are, they're going on are kind of detracting from it a little bit, the harshness, but other than that, it's not too bad. I just think, uh, and I, I, I do say too, that I, I tend to prefer a hoppier uh, American Brown ale. So I think those judges were, might have been off the rockers. I probably would have liked to taste the the other one you brewed more than this one. Uh, so you know, I hope that seems fair. But uh, thank you for sending it, and I appreciate that. All right, Jamil, Jason, Jason Zanishev. <laughs> <laughs> You're muted. I think he's muted. Jams. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, man. Dog was barking, so I muted myself. Uh, I will say one of the things that uh, the recent style guide changes, they moved the hoppy American Browns over to some special IPA category or something Hmm. on the basis that, well, commercial brewers aren't brewing the hoppy ones, so it should all be more, less, less hoppy. So maybe that's part of the reasoning on the why they told you it should be less hoppy i'm uh, i'm with brian on this about uh you know american brown should be hoppier um, oh like the janet's brown baby <laughs> yeah there you go um uh bottle inspection all looked good uh you know everything was i'd say perfect from from the uh, initial bottle inspection aroma uh, uh milk chocolate up front uh some roast coffee there was kind of an oak smoke uh, like a, like burnt burning Oak, uh, smoke character. Um, the esters were low. Um, the hop character was really low for me. And, you know, I, I expect at least, uh, you know, some, some notable, uh, uh, hop character in there, but again, they've, they've moved, um, uh, like Moostrol into American Brown, which Moostrol is, it's like brown IPA, with, yeah. Moostrel is uh, brewed with uh, a British yeast and um, has some fruity esters, and so I'm not sure why Moostrel is in American Brown now, and I'm not sure what they what they did there. Um, uh, so out of that, I give you uh, the uh, a five out of twelve. You know, it shouldn't be uh, quite so roasty in the aroma. Uh, it shouldn't be there. Shouldn't be any smoky notes in the aroma. You know, going to uh, Brian Shar's point about uh, phenols, um, the smoke is a is a phenol too. So I, for me, I I got the phenols that he's talking about. Uh, appearance, uh, it was hazy. Um, the color was light, as uh, uh, Cooper's saying. Um, it was uh, kind of a deep copper amber. Uh, should have been a little darker. Uh, had a a large head. Um, you know, uh, Cooper was talking about the carbonation as well, a uh, bit too much carbonation, perhaps. Uh, and, um, you know, good tan color bubbles, but um, they were mixed size. There were quite a few large fish eyes in there. And so one of the things you want to do when you are, you know, uh, before you before you package, you want to make sure that any fines have dropped out because that's going to give you the large fish eyes. 
Yeah, I bottled uh, this straight off my Unithink. Yeah, so there you mm. go. <laughs> Fish eyes. I'm going to use that. Interesting. One. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that, that's a real good one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's from those those microscopic fine particles, um, or you know, unclean bottles or something like it. The the bottle looked perfect. So, it, like you're you're saying, Jason, uh, is probably from uh, bottling off the the uh, unit tank. Uh, flavor wise, um, oh, so for appearance, I, I just gave it a one. Um, uh, flavor wise, uh, I again, I I put down uh, f- some phenolic uh, notes, uh, smoky, uh, a slight medicinal. Um, uh, let's see here, uh, firm bittering, uh, balanced towards the bitter, uh, a bit of caramel sweetness. Um, there was a toast, uh, some burnt toast in there. And uh, a little bit of heat in the back end from the alcohol. I uh, uh, got that uh, as well as uh, some lingering uh, yeast lysis notes, kind of. There, it seemed a little, a little, a, a tiny bit meaty or doughy. Uh, it's way in the background, but uh, for me, that that comes across. That's one of the things I'm real sensitive to, just because I'm always tasting for old beers and things. Um, Mouthfeel, I thought was was really very creamy and and, and luscious uh, for for that style of beer. Um, a lot of times you'll get American Browns, and they're very um, dry and biting, and not a lot of mouthfeel to them. Uh, so it's nice to to have that in there. Uh, there was a slight astringency in the finish, and I think it's again t- goes to what uh, uh, Shar was talking about in the. Uh, Perhaps uh, if there was brown malt in there, or some, there's something in there that is is causing that. I think it may just be you know a bit too much. I I assumed it was a bit too much uh, you know like highly kilned malt, like a like a roast uh, roast barley or something that that really was uh, um, adding these notes to it. Uh, I will say that there's over the last twenty years or so, there's been different brown malts available. And so there's brown malts I've seen out there that were like something like 60 love a bond. And there's brown malts out there. They're like 10 love a bond. Um, and so depending on which one you use, you'll get a completely different flavor. Hmm. And like uh, Shar is saying, if you use too much of the, the wrong brown malt, it can be overwhelmingly as he describes. Um, if you use one of the lower love of brown malts, <laughs> it adds this, you know, nutty, um, you know, uh, character to it. Uh, overall impression. Oh, okay. So, uh, let's see, uh, flavor. I give it a 10 mouthfeel. I give it a, a three. Um, the, uh, overall impression, I give it a six. Uh, I thought it's a decent American, uh, modern American Brown, uh, it could use a touch more hop character. Um, the, the clarity could be improved, um, uh, a bit more color, and uh, less of the roasty phenolics. And I, I came out with a 25. Shar and I tend to be within a point of each other <laughs> every time we judge. Yeah, we're, we're just that much in sync, Jamel. That's we right. <laughs> Finish yeah, each I, I other sandwiches. The roasty, the roasty edge to it in the nose. I get that as we're going through it too. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think overall, like, uh, I think... Uh, both Brian's were saying um, that, uh, you know, it's a well-made beer. You know, there's just a few little things that, that would need to be, tw- need to be tweaked. 
Um, and I also realized we have a full house, uh, three Jasons, two Bryans. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That means right. we win. That's right, baby. Double down. All of us. We, we all, all of us win. And the audience wins, too. That, well, always, always bet on Dr. Homebrew. That's right. <laughs> uh, Jason, you want to run us through your recipe real fast? Yeah, let me pull up Beer Smith real quick. Right. There's going to be no brown malt in here at all. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that when you were saying brown malt. I made a bold call, and I, I'm prepared to be proven wrong. All right, so here we go. So we'll, we'll start with the malt. Um, we got 4% Special B, 7.5% uh, Biscuit, 15% Brown, the rest um, two row. Well, that's where the raisin that I got came mm -hmm. from was that special <laughs> bee. Yeah, well, yeah. and I think the brown a little bit too can have some of yeah, that. Yeah, that's a lot of brown. Yeah. And then and then a pound of dark brown sugar. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then for the hops, at 60 minutes, we got 25 IBU of EKGs. At 20 minutes, we got three and a half IBUs of EKGs. And then at 10 minutes, we got five and a half IBU of Chinook. And then rural flock, servomyces, and my house um, strain of what was originally WLP 005. I got to ask why the dark brown sugar? I mean, American brown, what is the, what is the ABV on this? Like six or something like that, maybe? Well, that's five? another problem I had. I think is why it's a little bit, it's a little bit drier and a little more stringent than it'd be. I had a little mm -hmm. problem with the fermentation. Okay. It got down to, it got down to 52 degrees. Oh, geez. Um, it, it wasn't as warm outside as I thought it would. And it turns out the neoprene jacket on my uh, unit tank doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what a way to find out. <laughs> But because uh, I think you could be getting those flavors from the malt, I don't think you need the sugar in it. But maybe you have some. Yeah, the, well, the sugar goes back to when I used to bottle and not keg. I used to bottle with the brown sugar to give it a little more flavor. Oh, that's cool. That's a nice little zhuzh. It is really but, dry, though. Yeah, yeah it yeah. finished. It over attenuated quite a bit. It's this is only supposed to be like a five eight beer, and it finished at like seven two. Oh my God! Wow, yeah, yeah it's a little, the same. Little, little hot for yeah. So how yeah. did you get it after it got so cold? Was it done fermenting at that point, or did you have the no, kick started again somehow? It or? didn't even start. It took it took about nine days for it to start. I had to bring it inside oh. and put it in front of the heater. Oh, that's so oh, scary when dang, that happens. Dude. Yeah, that's ruthless. Problem child. Well, I'm uh, to be honest with you, Jason, if I were you, I would be thankful that it didn't turn out very good because then you'd have to do that same shit all the time. <laughs> It'd be your house process. Yeah. At that point. Not, not very yeah, good, but you be... know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, Jamil, oh, uh, yeah. What do you think I'd about say, it? I'd say this Yeah. Uh, to, to uh, your point, JP, yeah. is that um, it may not be the beer you dreamed of, but right. it's better than... Uh, the, a lot of uh, uh, homebrewed American brown ales out there. Well, yeah, so, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, take, yeah. take take that to heart. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of his recipe, Jamil? I mean, 15% brown malt, that's a lot of malt. 
It's a lot of yeah, brown ale. Yeah, I, I, you know, for for brown ale for me, I, I'd lean more on chocolate malt uh, and uh, pale chocolate. You know, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I love uh, pale chocolate or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting uh, listening to your guys' comments and Jason listening to the recipe and what happened. I'll be completely honest. When I first tasted it, I was like, I need to, I need to put this somewhere. I can't, I can't ingest it. It was so bitter. It was overwhelming, but it was like a bitterness that came on at the end. It, like it was like a whole beer. And then it was like an appendix of flavors. It was just at the end, there was just more flavor. But I think now what it is, as it's sort of warming up, I think what that is, is that it's that that hot alcohol expression sort of comes through at the end. It's it, and it turns into almost like a right. bitterness thing. And it was very. That's exactly where shocking. I got it. At, the, at the very end. Yeah. That, at the very that, end. That, the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Because for yeah. the most part, the That's beer just sort point. of tastes watery, but then not watery, but less um, less body than I would expect. But the, the core flavors, I think you have like 60 percent flavor is is there but it's that that harshness at the end that comes through and i think it and you know now hearing all these these uh the problems that you had sort of makes sense as to why the beer is the way it is yeah i got a lot of alcohol in it too it's you know, like is this one of those like seven percent brown ales or something <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah it's not it's not supposed to be yeah you know and jason I, I like your instinct about trying to in, you have some malt complexity to it i think that's a great idea and I think that as a home brewer, you know, it's easy to to add, you know, a couple of percent here and there. And I, I wouldn't totally get rid of the brown malt in the future or the special B, but I might dial them back to like a couple of percent each. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, Jamil, you always talk about like the sack approach for professional brewing. Mm-hmm. You need to have one sack of this or that. Right. But, you know, there's no, and as long as you have a reason to add like a per, couple of percent of this, couple of percent of that, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, just throwing in the kitchen sink just because you happen to have stuff available, that doesn't lead to good results. But if you have a reason that you want to have maybe a couple of percent of special B, a couple percent of brown malt, some very kind of strong, flavorful malts, you've got a reason for that in, in this beer. This is supposed to have a lot of malt complexity to it. And I think having those malts in there is good just not in the degree that you 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 use them right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I would I would probably see your English malt maybe less percentage than your special B. Yeah, I don't know. I would put um, at least a, a, a few percentage points of pale chocolate in there. Maybe some crystal malt. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Like yeah. like a C fifteen and forty, like a blend. Yeah, bring in some of those middle sweet kind of things to, yeah. to play off the. And, yeah. the and darker I stuff that's there. Yeah, and yeah I, don't I would want back to re- off the biscuit for sure. Back that down. Back that down. And I don't want to rewrite yeah. your recipe, Jason, because if you know, uh, uh, overall, if you like the beer and you want to make the recipe, then that's what we're here to help help you out with. But yeah. I feel like you could you could adjust it a little bit and uh, maybe not leave the door open for some of those harsh those harsher notes to come through. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I definitely need to go down on the brown model a little, and I need to not have it over attenuated that little problem with my mill too at an old no oh, man three that's been since retired in favor of a blood mill but there you go like it was a it was pretty bad as it as i was doing my grind too the the gap on the mill was slipping up and down oh geez okay so you were just everywhere yeah that sucks it's a problem brew day man that's that, yeah. I, that sucks 
but you, you stuck know, it out. It came out pretty well for having the for having the problems you said you had. Right, right. I think this came out pretty pretty nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would have thrown it out the window by now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's alcohol abuse, man. Yeah, that's yeah. True. yeah. That's what you we get. Can it tell before. you know what you're doing, and, and and you can see you you know when you when you goofed up here and there. Yeah. So you can you can do better the next time. And and I know you. I know you brewed a lot better beers than this. So, <laughs> uh, Jason, do you have any questions for the guys? Anything um, you want us to address real fast? Uh, Why are you all no. so mean? <laughs> Why don't you know anything about beer? <laughs> yeah, you should have given me. I should have had my sixty-seven on this beer. Right? Yeah. How does my you ended up on, on the assholes homebrew, not the doctor's homebrew? <laughs> true. I, I don't know. No, it's all good. Okay. Constructive criticism. Cool. Um, I, yeah. I do agree. I need to go back to maybe the hoppier version of it, or at least a little bit hoppier version of it. Than, a little bit, yeah. In this version. Yeah. Or the slow. less problematic Day version of that's it. That's also yeah. true, yeah. yeah. That too. Yeah, because <laughs> that's only not. just going to exacerbate any issues. But uh, yeah. brew it again and send it in, man. I know it, you know you you said it's a uh, you're way out in the sticks, and so it's hard to ship beer. But uh, if you ever get uh, if you ever get it down here, we'd love to try it again. Well, and I'd also say. You know, if you get feedback from a from a set of judges, don't don't necessarily make any changes on that, unless unless you know you had this, this really everybody gave you a terribly low score and they were all hammering about you know in every comment they had about you know it being way too hobby. Yeah, maybe, but you know, I enter it a few times, give get get a few sets of data back. And then make your adjustments because mm. like uh, Brian was saying, uh, you know, judges are idiots and you don't need to listen to them. Because <laughs> they don't know what you're talking about. I will say, yeah, the beer is drinkable and it's dry as it warms up too. You get a little yeah, yeah. more sweetness out of it. It's not, yeah. you know, completely. Yeah, it's not dry. like if I was at your house, I wouldn't drink the beer if you poured it for me, <laughs> but, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be showing up to your house every day asking for more. Right. Yeah. Somewhere in there, there's a compliment, Jason. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. Uh, so I, I just wouldn't listen to, you know, you're talking about going back to the hoppier version. I, you know, I'd, I'd wait and see, you know, or brew the one that you're, you love the best, enter it in the category it fits best. And then, you know, uh, you know, after, after you get several sets of sheets from people, then you start to see a trend and maybe that's where you tweak it. Yeah, agreed. All right, Jason. Well, if that's it, we'll let you go. All right, cool. Cool. Before we let you go, Jason, do you have a uh, to to plug your club in case anyone happens to be in East Oregon uh, interested in maybe joining your club? Do you have a website or email or some contact information for that? Um, Yeah, if you go on the AHA's website where they got all the clubs listed, if you search for um, Canyon City, Oregon, is the the, uh, city I'm in. Canyon City, Oregon. The only awesome, club man. there. Yep. Can you see? Yeah. Well, well, good um, luck. You're going to grow. Yep. And if you, if you ever make it down our way, uh, you know, let us know. When you, maybe That's right. Jason, you're you were about to say the name years. of your club, but yeah. we stepped on you. <laughs> cool. Um, it's the Eastern Oregon Society for the Advancement of the Zymergetic Arts. Oh, shit. What's the acronym? <laughs> I don't know. I have to come up with one. Okay. Because most yes, people have, most time yeah, when you, when you yeah. have a club with a long name, there's a, there's a, a, a slightly humorous, uh, you know, slant to the acronym, but yeah, you need to work on the acronym now. 
I don't know. I'm an engineer. <laughs> okay. See, now that makes total sense. Now, you, now don't do anything with it. Keep it, keep it long like that. <laughs> Brew this one again and yeah. Uh, yeah, send it back to us when you've repaired it, please. Yeah. Love to taste it again. All right, Jason, we'll let you go, man. Yep. Thanks, dude. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, man. Later. All right, we're going to take a, a quick break. One last break. We're going to wrap it up here on Dr. Homebrew. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, thanks for sticking around, everyone. We have done it. We have drank in some non-alcoholic beers. We drank some alcoholic beers, some very alcoholic beers, some beer, actually, that was too alcoholic for what it was supposed to be in the first place. But that's okay. We're homebrewers. We fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah. And if you fuck up your homebrew, please contact Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and send it in to us. We'll put it on the table. We'll give it a fair shake, and we'll try to... Uh, help you remedy that situation. Yes. Or that, if you like have a beer that you're trying to dial in on the other side and you're, you keep getting 47s and you really just want to get to that 49, <laughs> send that one to us too, please. Yeah. We'll be sure to invite Jamil back for that one. My help, help. My beer's you too mean, good. You Brian. Yes. Oh shit. Now you're Brian. Oh man. Now it's the council of Brian's. I feel left out. Yeah. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're too good of a homebrewer, let us know and we'll, we'll help you, you know, calm down a little bit on that if you want that coveted 17 you've never gotten the 17 (laughs) we can teach you how to get down to seven maybe even get the 13 yeah the gentleman's the lowest courtesy score you're gonna get we can help you get there just let us know yeah jamil i wish we had more time man because i do want to talk to you about your your trip to england you went to england recently and uh but i suppose we'll have to wait for your next episode of brew strong for all those details that or you could have me back who knows <laughs> well, yeah, us way, on your man. show yeah yeah maybe, Brian, maybe brian's been on it but yeah I'd, I'd love to come on there sometime hey why not man you know all right we are going to get out of here everybody thank you very much if you are listening live give us a couple of minutes uh we have another show coming at you we have a mead and something else i don't even know what we have coming up here but we have a couple homebrewers to uh to to cruise through so thank you very much for tuning in i really appreciate it and until next time we'll see you guys later